1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rampage Ups and Downs, a show where I, the bald-headed idiot Simon Miller, review wrestling stuff, and today we're doing Rampage. But I just wanted to be a bit self-indulgent. Look what someone sent me. (laughs) That's right. It's my rip-off logo of me slapping my head, and somebody sent it to me as a flag. I mean, that's just flipping great. I also thought I'd try and wear it like a cape and then realize there's no way to do it because watch, it's absolutely going to fall off. Nobody conducts wrestling like I, but the point is this. There you go. We have a wrestling review show to Up and Down, which is not grammatically correct at all, but let's do it. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be...
1: We had a big old fight to start Rampage this week because it was Hangman Adam Page versus Wheeler Yuta. Flub me, did they bring it? It was Dropkick versus Clothesline to begin with because some moves will never die when Wheeler Utah was like, man, I think I'm an octopus today and he tried to tie Hangman Adam Page up. When that didn't work, he went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. But of course, he's still a young pup and he's learning and he wasn't able to quite get it. Instead, though, he put the cowboy in a death lock I said to myself, man, this Wheels, he's a pretty good wrestler. He meant Paige on the back foot early on, especially when Utah started to chop him. But you already know what happened here. When Hangman did find himself in the corner, he came flying out with that lariat, which is the same move that knocked him out when he took on John Moxley a few weeks ago and kept him out of action. So we are now just constantly planting seeds for the third in that feud and I am ready for it, especially when we get to the finish later. Hangman was then doubling down on these lariats, and even though Wheeler tried to stop him by dropping him over the top rope, he then hit a springboard lariat, which took Wheeler Uter out to the floor. And honestly, throughout this whole match, he was just going lariat crazy kind of obsessed with them so make sure you start bringing your signs hangman adam page loves lariats which makes no sense and then of course we got everyone doing the dives because it is 2023 with your brand new special wrestling bonanza and just as they were getting into it do you know what the cowboy did he hit a power bomb onto wheeler yuta on the hardest part of the ring
0: the ring apron this
1: ain't going crazy because he hit a dvd off the middle rope which we do not give enough credit to being crazy dangerous and after he had hit two German suplexes, Wheeler really had decided, well, I can do better than that when it comes to maths, and he hit three. That's the Eineminger suplexer. We then got another one on the ring apron, and once again, put your eyes towards this shirt. And given that we were on the floor, we had one on there too. I don't know about you, but this was some crazy, crazy stuff. We then sped it up, even though that made no sense. When Hangman and Page went for the Buckshot Lariat, somehow Wheeler you had turned that into the angle slam. So I shouted out, wait, you can't do that. It's not possible. Which is when Wheels came in with the hammer and anvil elbows. Surprise, surprise, the cowboy wanted none of that. It hurts. The finish was absolutely sublime, though, because Wheeler grabbed Hangman and he threw him to the outside. <laughs> so Page like, we shouldn't have done that. Now I'm in the perfect position for the Buckshot Lariat. And not only did he hit it, but he then looked to the left. He looked to the right and went, I know how I can send a message. And he planted Wheeler Utah with the Death Rider, which is John Moxley's finisher. One, two, three. This was a great match. It was a great story. And I thought the commentators sold it so well, too. And now I can't wait for Dynamite because we are doing match number three. It is getting it up. Ricky Starks and Action Andretti were then here. They weren't happy at all. Because they were still mad that the Jericho Appreciation Society had used a baseball bat on Dynamite. Honestly, they just said this over and over again to the point it made me laugh. Like, Chris Jericho, you suck. Use the baseball bat. Daniel Garcia, you're rubbish. Use the baseball bat. Samuel Guevara, you can kiss my ass because you keep using a baseball bat. So now I want to see Action Andretti versus the baseball bat on pay-per-view. The whole point, though, is that Andretti believes he can beat Guevara, so he challenged him to a one-on-one match. And Ricky basically did the same for Chris Jericho, because I beat you once, and any time you do get one over me, you gotta use all your boys. So I really do like what AEW is doing here, because they're making sure to feature both these guys on all of the shows, and therefore they'll keep climbing up the ladder. And as always, it was the same with Eddie Kingston because he was here too, and he also was a sad panda. Because he is ready to let his demons run free, because he can't believe what Ortiz has done recently. And basically, he agrees with everything that the House of Black have done recently. Now, I don't think he's actually going to join Malachi and his cronies, but that was the tease here. I was like, huh. Now, yes, of course, this could all be sold if Kingston and Ortiz just sat down and watched the show. But if you break wrestling down to that degree, it's never going to be fun. Actually, when you took both these segments and pushed them together... Did a good job in keeping me invested. Up. And I tell you, my favourite thing about Rampage—it does these mad 180s all the time. Because not only did we have that opener that was chaos, but the next match was Satnam Singh, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal taking on the best friends and Danhausen, and it was so damn crazy, goofy wrestling for life. Even when I am dead, make sure you continue it. I mean, Dan was winding Jarrett up because he came out with a ukulele, ding, 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 and of course, Jeff has the guitar. <laughs> when Sat Singh got it, and he just crushed it. I was like, man, what an ass. Trent and Chuck are clearly fans of instruments, though, because they went and beat Jeff Jarrett up, and even when Jay Lethal tagged in, he got that suplex combo thingamajig. And just when everybody was about to run together to do a big hug, the bad guys pulled them out of the ring... And now, how am I meant to sleep at night? I didn't
0: get what I wanted.
1: Singh then tagged in, which does feel very rare in AEW. He just threw Trent around for a while. And man, this poor guy, he may be a best friend, but he got his ass kicked. And everybody got to smack him around until he was able to make the tag to Chuck. Once again, you just have to say, somebody go and say thank you to Jeff Jarrett, because he totally understands his role. He totally understands what to do, which is why he got put in the figure four. And then it got even better, because Jay Lethal went to break this up with an elbow. So Chuck just sat up, meaning Lethal went right into the floor. This was tremendous. And then it got even more fabulous, because it was Dan Housen and Satnam Singh that ended up as illegal men. So I was like, rut roll. And even though Dan Housen tried to take him out, this was basically like going up to a boxer and go, and trying to kiss him. I don't think it's going to work out very well. It eventually took all three best friends to even knock him out of the ring. And then Orange Punch would come out with these guys, hit the Orange Punch. But even then, it wasn't really doing much of anything. Danhausen had a plan. So he was like, okay, well, I'm just going to smash you with the guitar. But the referee saw this. And when he went to get rid of that thing, Jeff Jarrett came in with that flipping golden globe that they stole a couple of weeks ago. He smacked Danhausen right in the head, which allowed Satnam Singh to pin him just by putting one foot on him, and they got the one, two, three. Can you believe it? So I was in tears during this because at no point in 2023 did I think I was going to be able to tell you that somebody won by using an award. Honestly, you could put these guys in any kind of scenario and they would make it work because they just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. It was a Cindy Lauper match and it's getting up. Renee Friquette was then interviewing Ruby Soho And this storyline is getting really good. She was interacted by Britt Baker right away. and She was like, listen, Ruby, you need to decide whose side are you on. Are you going to join the AEW Originals or are you going to join the Outsiders? Stop being all like, I just want to be friends with everyone. That's not realistic. I still think Soho should follow the obvious path and join Team XWWE, which is what it is going to be called. Because, of course, she was there for ages. But every single thing AEW is doing this right now is increasing my intrigue gland. I can't wait to see where it goes. And talking about my intrigue gland, which sounds terrible, Powerhouse Hobbs was not having a match. And man, does this guy have it all. He was fighting Tony Mudd and we knew that Mudd had no chance and that Hobbs is very good at a squash match. Because not only did he throw this guy around, but he finished him off with basically a burning hammer. And given how big William is, that is kind of nuts. We really do need to find a proper feud for him soon because he has all the tools. And this Book of Hobbs thing is actually really good very excited about this. Future world champ Up. We then found time for Top Flight, which was massively important because they were like, wait a minute. We beat the Young Bucks recently and alongside AR Fox, we won that trio's rumble. So you know what? We think we should be the number one contenders for the trio's titles. They're right. He also had the perfect way out of this because as much as I love him, AR Fox can take the pin in that one. And it means that the Martins 2023 continues to get better and better and better much like we just said with Hobbs, when we get towards the end of the year, should they be the tag team champions? The answer is yes. I think we also got a match confirmed for next week as Dustin Rhodes was about to do an interview when Swerve Strickland interrupted him, said he was an absolute goober, said that Cody Rhodes was a fool, and he ripped on his dad, just when they were about to get into it, they got pulled apart. I really do think like Swerve is onto something here and beating Dustin is no bad thing. Once again, I'm gonna talk about championship opportunities. I think he's gonna be the TNT title holder before the summer. We also got another one of these skits too, because Lexi Nair was chatting to Jade Cargill and they were all like, oh, interesting. You've beaten a lot of people, but who's next? Clearly, it's got to be Goldberg. That's his line. Instead, Red Velvet walked in and reminded Jade, hey, do you know who your first victory was? It was against me. But I like the number one, so maybe we should fight and I'll become the number one again in the sense I'm going to beat you. That was a really good line. Now, admittedly, this storyline has been over the place, but at least finally we are heading the right direction. And I think Velvet held herself very well here. And actually, when you take all of these segments, as well as the Britt Baker, Ruby Soho one, once again, I've got to give it an up because now we are using Rampage. to say, well, this is gonna happen on Dynamite. This is gonna happen on next week's Rampage. And it keeps me interested. That's all you need to do. I'm a simple, simple man. Which brought us to our main event. And holy flubbing majoli. It was Jamie Hayter versus Emi Sakura. And while on a wider level, this may not appeal, If you are a casual wrestling fan or you're a hardcore wrestling fan and you tune into this, you would have walked away going, my word, I need to see that again. I I wouldn't even call it a good wrestling match because instead it was just an awesome fight. And right out of the gate, they were just chopping each other so damn hard that Ric Flair ain't going to be able to say squib. However, when they got to the outside, Sakura threw Jamie Hayter into Barry Barricade so if you haven't seen SmackDown ups and downs, you should, because we're making a protest. Because I am bringing back out my sign: Justice for Barry. He is not there to be your wrestling tool. Amy then threw Jamie around by her hair, which is not a normal thing to do. And she'd be screwed if she tried to do it to me. When Sakura hit this crossbody in the corner, Hater just came out with these forearms that honestly would have knocked 99% people out. This just pissed Sakura off who came back with these devastating elbows. I think by this point she must have charged her hand up because she chopped Jamie at once and down she went. Everybody's body by this point had just turned bright red because they were hitting each other so hard. Which was true for the next move. Jamie was able to hit the hate breaker and it only got a two. Two. Emmy then countered a haterade into a double underhook suplex backbreaker, which is words that should never be in the same sentence. And when Jamie finally went for another sliding lariat, Sakura tried to use the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, but she wasn't able to do it. So even in this war fest, people are still trying to use the surprise roll-up. They were then doing top rope cutters and tiger drivers for yet more false finishes. And because they would basically done every single move in the book, Emi Sakura then just did a moonsault. I mean, why not? I think they were then basically slapping each other because they just wanted to keep the other one down, which is when Hater went for more lariats. But somehow, Emi Sakura kept reversing these and she hit this backdrop driver. And at that point, I was like, man, who even cares anymore this rules? By this point, the champion had no choice but to start hitting Hail Mary, so she just went lariat after lariat after lariat, and eventually she did get the haterade. She pinned her for the one, two, three, and you just know there's going to be some goobers out there going, I don't think women should hit this hard. After that farce a few weeks ago, when people were saying dumb stuff about the street fight. Honestly, men, men, women, wrestlers, it doesn't matter. This is the kind of thing we need in our life, and if you don't like it overall, that's okay, but if you are going to break it down into these weird little chunks, you've got a problem, and you've got to look in the mirror. We absolutely need more of this. It flipping rules. So as you can probably tell, it was pure fire and basically raised...
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has
1: all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and
0: 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley High Performance Sofas and Recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
1: The bar for everybody. It was truly, truly amazing. Jamie Hayes on a roll right now. Which brought us to the end of AEW Rampage, and I'm going to stand on my stand that I always stand on. That's right, I do this for a living. Just think it's so easy to watch. And ever since Tony Khan said he was going to try and reshuffle it a little bit, I don't think they've ever dropped the ball. It is getting enough. up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's episode of AEW Rampage. Like the video, share the video and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com where you can read some articles. Check out SmackDown Ups and Downs because, oh my gosh, we had loads to say on that. And you can come say hi on social media, What Culture, WWE and Simon Miller316. My name is Simon from What Culture. It's not Simon Miller, but you take my point. I hope you have a lovely weekend. And I will see you tomorrow
0: morning when we up those downs for the Royalist of Rumbles.